This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to Big on America, a socio-political podcast where every week we give you the dig on U.S. history, politics, policy, and sometimes pop culture and discuss how they affect social issues today. DOA is an independent media supported by listeners, but probably also a deep state propaganda arm funded by George Soros, the Clinton Foundation, Jay-Z, and... Carmelo Anthony. The Red Guardian. (laughs) Uh, Welcome in, everyone, to Dig on America... The podcast. We are a social political podcast. We talk about history. We talk about politics. We talk about pop culture. And today we are going to talk a little bit with you, our loving listener, uh, about some of the biases in film and TV. And we have a couple of great guests to do that. But before I do that, let me introduce the greatest producer in his room, Michelangelo <laughs> Famine. What's uh, up, I don't have. I don't have a room. I have an office. I'm a professional. I make money no. in here. This isn't no, a room anymore. This isn't no, a room anymore. This is an office. I make cash. In the Republica of, Dominicana. Republica Dominicana. That's my fucking Thank you, Corey Booker. Soy El Blanco. <laughs> my that's, favorite line ever. That's what got me onto this onto this stage to get made fun of by Dutch. It was one one the <laughs> one line Cory Booker. <laughs> the one line that will never be forgotten. In fact, it's funny like I was listening um I was listening to some of our old Dude. for so, somehow I got into the car and like I think I butt touched something on Spotify and it started playing Ooh. an episode of a uh, voice from the underground with TJ from like a year and a half ago, early mm-hmm. COVID. And I so I listened and I was like, and I remember TJ said, I guess this was like super early COVID, right? You know, he works at Costco. So he was talking about how mean people were. And yeah. he was like, Man, I guess we're just have to wait this out for like the next, you know, three to four weeks. <laughs> I'm like, oh you shit. lying fuck. It's <laughs> uh, so we do not He was only he was only off by a factor of fifty. <laughs> and still not on. Um so hello TJ. We love you. Hi, TJ. Uh, with us What's today. Up, TJ? With and yeah, it's and Kyle knows TJ. He's been on with him before. Um, but with us today is uh, a couple of returning guests. Actually, uh, first and foremost, we have actor and filmmaker, the prestigious Kyle D for Doctor Hester. What's happening, Kyle Hester? What's going on, buddy? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take the doctor. You know, doctor that, that's all good. Hey, thanks for having me on. I mean, I'm sure I completely embarrassed myself last time. So, you know, the fact that you're having me on again, I'm pretty impressed. So uh, I, I just wanted to say thank you for having me on. Hey, at least you don't have a dog barking in your background like our, you know, the professional producer that we have. My dog, is, in- not, my dog is not a professional, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but Kyle, this is your first time on the new rebranded show. You were on Voice from the Underground, I think twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, I think you you might have like a voice from the underground coffee cup or something floating around the house that you use to shit I in. I absolutely do. I yeah. absolutely do. I and I use it. I do have it. So it's like <laughs> it, shit that in. is. No, I, I actually put Watch. coffee in it. I use it for coffee. I drink <laughs> the coffee out of it because I I'm a coffee guy. Nice. 
So, damn it, I should have had it. Is that what you do with your mugs, Dutch? Yes. You can't do they that. Are made, they are made of porcelain. Oh, no. So, therefore. They uh, don't also, drill the second hole. That's the first problem. <laughs> I don't understand why it doesn't come out. The plumbing is all bad with this little <laughs> tiny turlet. <laughs> also returning to the show, um, we wanted a, um, a, a movie review guy on. And so we, our first thought, of course, is let's call our friend Imran. But then we said, you know what? We're going to go to the B team today. We're going with our boy, Andrew Mecca, 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 Mr. Ben Shapiro Jr. himself <laughs> and Andrew Davis. What's up, buddy? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And uh, that's insulting to Ben, which maybe you guys want to do. So, yeah, I'm gotcha, Ben. <laughs> and yeah, man, I'm, career. I'm stuck on that. Guys. Suck on that, Ben. <laughs> Tell that to your doctor wife. Your dry wife. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the because he refuses to get a woman wet because it's disgusting. Um, that's a real quote from Ben Shapiro. Oh, that's I, I know it well. I know it well. <laughs> I, I I don't want to be the guy who gets his wife wet because it's disgusting. <laughs> Good for you, not you for her. <laughs> <laughs> she. Oh. That's, a, that's a sign she's thoroughly enjoying herself. <laughs> <laughs> so you would. Kind of guess that she's not, Mister well, Chaparro. Well. Oh, I can't say anything bad about him. That makes me an anti-Semite if I talk bad about Ben Shapiro. I forgot. Um, and interestingly, we're going to talk about anti-Semitism real briefly here in a minute, uh, and we will get to our topic. No Haas today. Uh, Haas is in Lake Chico- How do they say it? Chicogan. Um, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Uh, Lake Sheboygan. Uh, Sheboygan. <laughs> what was that? That. Uh, all 15 of the Chicago listeners are like, yeah, Sheboygan. Everyone else is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, was that? What, was, what was that that um, what's this? Uh, Sven used to say Berwin. Berwin. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so no big house today, no humidor. So probably a little bit of a shorter uh, program today. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about the history of film. And obviously we have two film guys here. But before we get to that, we're going to real quick shotgun through a couple of current event topics, three of them to what, be what? Uh, to be specific. So, mm. Mm. oh, yeah, you know, what? start with that. Yeah, we can start with mm. territory. Let's do that first. That's a great call. OK, mm. so we will start with uh, and we've already done this with um, we've done this game with you, haven't we, Andrew? I know oh, yeah, we played this, is, Snap- this is fun. And uh, yeah, Andrew, I, I Andrew did it and from, from, I, I, from uh, the producer because he doesn't like my comic picks. Well, hello to Brute Facts Podcast. Welcome in. Eddie. Uh, glad you are listening to the show. We got to um, get you on here, Eddie. Yeah, come on, Eddie. What are you waiting for? Jump in. Uh, so we will play Four Down Territory with Kyle. Uh, and then, um, you know what? We might do it with, with, with Andrew, too. But we'll, And then we'll play another game before we go. Uh, we'll play our favorite game, Snap One, Marry One. Uh, what is it? That's, Prank one. I that's forgot it. the name. I haven't killed yet. Have been taken out yet, guys. That's that, the last one. I'm still that's here. A, that's a dessert question. We got to go through the show first, and then he gets. You know, they got to not rage quit on us, and then we do the prank one, marry one, snap one. You know. All right. So he's wearing. So, so all right. Here we go. Shotgun forty three Omaha New Orleans for Kyle's shirt. Said hook. All right. We're gonna ask you four <laughs> questions. Worst Kyle. audible ever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Bourbon the pass, has been, inter- the pass has been intercepted, and it's going back the other way. Uh, uh, quarterback Dutch, the new Sam Darnold. 
Mississippi uh, Delta. So we're going to ask you four questions. You're going to give us four answers. Um, and we'll get to know you. They're all going to uh, be wrong. But all right. So, so the first question that I'll ask you is because you're wearing a Saints shirt. Yes. Um, your favorite okay. Saint, uh, New Orleans Saint of all time, and you may not answer Drew Brees. All right. Um, well, this one is easy because I think that even though he's no longer with us, if I don't say my dad, I think that he would like come down and flip the furniture over. Oh, so, that's right. Okay. Yeah. My yeah, dad okay. played for the Saints in from 71. Your dad was Archie Manning? He played with Archie Manning. Ah, okay. Oh, no shit. So you, yeah. I was going to say you're the, the Manning that is the, the, the weirdo <laughs> that never made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The obscure Manning brother. I, I can I tell by his forehead he's of them, not a Manning. No, no, no. His name is Ray Hester. He was a linebacker. He was the, you know, he was like a Steve Tasker, kind of like the the crazy guy that uh, did like ran down the field and destroyed everything. And so, yeah, I, I got it. It's got to be my dad. Yeah, easy pick. Hi, big easy um, pick. Hi, big Haas. Type in your question uh, for Kyle, big Haas. Yeah, you got to work from home. That's what this. Yeah, is. you're working from home. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Haas is in the chat. On vacation. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but uh, type in your question for Kyle, um, uh, Big Haas. Uh, next question, we'll go to the, the guest here. Uh, Andrew, Hello. You get Hello. I'm clearly uh, next guess, line. No, no, no. I'm first. next. Man, fuck All that. All right. You so anyway, you Kyle. Go ahead. Yo. Um, trying to be nice. You're, you're, are you married? I am. Okay. So before you were married, what drink would you buy for a girl to get her attention? You know, I mean, I think it, that's it would be like what they want. I, I would never do like a, a cold, like, "Hey, I bought you something." You know, it would it would have to be, you know, what do you what do you like? Can I get right, you something? All right, fine, fine, fine. Take two. All right. I'm meeting you at the bar and I say, order me whatever you're having. What are you getting for both of us to enjoy? Like, what drink are you going to show me? Wait, oh, are man. you you or are you a woman he's meeting? Never you mind, Dutch. Let him <laughs> take, let his mind go where it goes. But like, if I'm going to meet up with him, like, yeah, just order me something. I'll be there in five minutes. What are you ordering for both of us to have? Uh, I would say... Um... Bourbon, rocks, splash of soda. We're just we're just going there. It's it's talk time. Ooh, it's a, a bourbon man. I appreciate it. I I was. I can't have bourbon anymore. But um, but yeah, I that was it. That was a good thing. Now it's, it's got to be like it's got to be the clear stuff for me. You know, vodka, tequila, that kind of thing. So bourbon on Bourbon Street. That's very nice. I can't have totally. I can't I can't have tequila anymore after the incident. Uh, oh so, well, at least not in public. I can't have. I it understand. Those the incidents are rough, man. Oh, it was bad. All right, so <laughs> I have to I, I have to audible the audible here. So Haas asked the question, which I I don't I don't Free even flicker. know what the hell he's talking about here. I will so, read it then. I understand what he's talking Haas, about. In case he doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about, get your backup question ready, you fuck. All right, go <laughs> ahead. Uh, re read Haas's question. <clears throat> hey, what's up, Kyle? This is <laughs> this is Haas. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> who would you rank Jada Kisses, Ethering, Dipset, almost solo in last night's versus battle? Exactly. Oh, man. 
Well, I would say it was a distant last for <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, because I, I don't know what we're talking about right now. So I would say that it was nowhere near the the, the front of the pack. You know, since you know, I get launched a question like this. So where That's do I it, go with? He asked the worst. <laughs> he asked the worst questions live, and he's even worse. Working <laughs> from home. Um, so so the versus battles are when like two people in hip hop culture like take their top 20 songs versus your top 20 songs and they get them together on stream. And it's, it's a very, if you're a fan of hip hop or a rap music, or, or they've had a couple R and B people pop up. It's very good because you see both of the artists like as they are now and you get to hear a bunch of great songs. So for like an hour and a half, Oh, that's this, cool. is the, this is the dopest playlist ever. Well, but, um, where I see where do we where do I even see this? I've never even seen this. I think they have their own app now, but it was uh, exclusively on Instagram. But oh, it's, right there's on. a if you check YouTube, you can probably find like all the versus battles that happened so far. It's like like DMX versus Snoop Dogg, uh, Nelly versus Ludacris. Like, there's been some good ones where you just sit back and like. I don't care who wins. This shit is great. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool, but I've never heard of that before. So I wouldn't have even known how to answer that question. Uh, he he sent me that. Sound, that sounds cool. Kyle, what is the riskiest place you've done the deed? That's his backup question. All right. Um, I would have to say um, in the, in the wings of the theater, like uh, in dirty dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that would that would be it. it well, filming my first porno film. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that was that was it. That is that that is my answer. Final yes answer. All righty, uh, number four can go to the guest. Yeah, Andrew, you got it. You get to ask a question. Get to know your new buddy, Kyle. Oh man, this is tough. This is this is tough. Spotlights on you. We're all watching you. All staring at you so, intently. If you had the option to fight one gigantic duck that was broken down into <laughs> 20 little ducks, but it's still a gigantic duck, or would you rather fight 20 little ducks that could form a gigantic duck? Oh, that's tough. What the fuck? <laughs> no, no, no. This This is actually a good question. This is a good one. Because, like, what do you do? You know, it's like, because you can't actually at simultaneously fight off like 20 of anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, it, <laughs> first it would be like, okay, do I have a weapon, you know, or is it just no. me, mono a mono versus big duck or many duck, ducks? A duck collar. <laughs> you know? You got a, you got one decoy duck. <laughs> you know, okay, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to have to say um, I would, go, I would go against the little ducks, 20 little ducks because a big duck could do some real damage like instantly, you know, like if just like that one big giant beak smash to the forehead and that's that can put dodge. you down. That's only one to dodge then, you know, you can dodge the one bill, but can you dodge 20 going at 45 miles an hour at your face? You could climb up the giant. Oh, uh, you see? So actually you, you have asked me like an impossible win uh, question. <laughs> You're done you know, there it. is no right answer. Call Affleck. That's the only Call answer. Affleck. <laughs> Gilbert right. Godfrey, get me out for, of here. For that, for that question, uh, Andrew, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. 
your favorite topping on ice cream as it's your Adam. You only get one, son. Oh, only one. Only one. <laughs> this is tough. Gummy bears. I knew it. I about say, I knew he was going to say something weird. I knew it. <laughs> He's going to be like nerds or something. <laughs> but gummy bears is close. How fudge, dude. What are you talking All right. We'll about? wait for House's question as Mikey goes. All right. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, no. That's you saying that. Never mind. I don't know why I thought that was Haas typing that. Um, for Andrew, let's see here. Would you rather? No, I was going to do the fight thing back at you. <laughs> no, no, fuck it. Yeah, same fight question, except instead of ducks, it is um, robots. Do you want to fight one big robot or twenty small robots? Ooh, this is this is tough. This is, this is a tough question. And I'm talking, and I'm talking like one foot little. Like 21-foot robots or a 20-foot robot? Well, I do want to get my ass kicked by Optimus Prime, so I'm going to go with a gigantic <laughs> robot because, see, 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 if you get kicked, if your ass gets kicked by 20 little robots, you're made fun of. But if it's a gigantic <laughs> robot, you actually have a legitimate reason why you lost. That's fucking Optimus Prime. Do you see that shit? There's no you know what? Can I, I'd like to counterpoint that, man, because have you seen, you know, uh, Robot Wars? I love that yes. show. Oh, yeah, it's, it's those phenomenal. are all small robots. So, I mean, th- it, I don't know. You know, maybe oh, yeah, you have a know. chance. You have a chance at, like, dodging the big one. You know, but if you got, like, 20 of those, like, maniac robot warrior with the things. saw on the Yeah, front. with the saws and the hammers and all that shit. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. my God, just terrifying. Just, just no, terrifying see, show. That, now we're talking real life. You know, real life in the cage with 20 robot warrior, you know, fucking things. <laughs> no way. Now, speaking of... Uh, wrapping myself in magnets before I go in there. Speaking of the hard one, Haas's question for Andrew, what is your dump prevention technique when nowhere near a restroom? <laughs> That's the best question he's ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm understanding the question. How do you have more than one? There's only one prevention. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a good question, but I don't know if there's more than one answer. I don't know. You just, like, called it. Like, you know, you don't have a choice. It's like, I don't know. Do you you pin, do you you squeeze and do the the slow shuffle? Or do you, or you do, or you just say, okay, I'm racing to the bathroom. I I somersault. Haas, you you have just like lost all of the the women viewers of this show. If there were any, they just tuned out, bro. So thirty you know. thirty five thousand people just stopped watching. So so so, so, so yeah, to, to, to get there, what I do is that I start doing you know RVD somersaults, do a rolling thunder, and then get on the turnbuckle and then make it. Uh, uh, this is bro- thank you, thank you, Kay from the chat. Pepto Bismol we- plus Lamaze breathing that'll get you through. <laughs> I say nice. we ban we ban Haas from the the show. The show's um, going downhill, guys. The show's Kyle, going downhill. <laughs> Kyle, you get to end the segment with your question. Your question for Andrew. All right, Andrew. So, if you could paint anything with two colors, what would it be, and what would the colors be? Holy shit, that's good. Oh, that is good. That's actually really good. So. There's your barometer oh. for next week, Haas. <laughs> you went so abstract, oh, but so tangible. I would paint a Hunter Biden. Uh, 
I bet you, I bet you, uh, Kyle's answer would be, I would paint the Statue of Liberty black and gold. <laughs> oh, see, that's a good one. Oh, that's, so you're going to have to answer for me if anybody asks that, and you, you're, you're, oh. you're the guy. <laughs> he, just puts, he just puts on her back like a jersey, just so, like who that? <laughs> so, so the, the answer to my question is, I'm a super big anime fan. I'm a super big Gundam fan. And there's a particular Gundam called the RX-79, which is sort of the original Gundam. And I would love to, like, paint it, you know, almost sort of, you know, blue and, and red and almost like monochromatic, sort of like that type of thing. Because that'd be cool for, for me. That's really it's cool. Just, you know, when you said um, when you said Hunter Biden, the funny thing is, is like I saw red and blue. Like I saw that like, bam, you know, like, you know, kind of thing. But I didn't see, I don't know you. So I didn't know that you were going to bring out the, you know, the anime thing, but, uh, but that's really cool. And so like, I'm just super big into that. And it's one of my favorite shows and it's just like stark very much like, uh, you know, the Obama whole poster sort of is very, yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah. And like that, like the monochromatic, I think what Shepard, uh, Farley did that or, or Shepard something. Um, I, I can't think of the guy's last Shepherd name. Smith. <laughs> but but, but, but oh, it's, it's just a, it's a really cool uh, you know image and just the starkness. It might not be you know just two colors, but obviously having two or three more in there would be really cool too. All right, very so good. very successful uh, four down territory there. So let's uh, roll. I've got something for you. All right, called, called using your likeness for making money. <laughs> That's exactly correct. All right, so we got a couple of real quick stories here. Um, this one, the Missouri governor, who's a real class act, uh, pardoned St. Louis couple Mark and Patricia McCloskey. You remember these two. Uh, they are uh, Ken and Karen, as we call them, <laughs> um, from uh, last year when uh, some BLM protesters allegedly broke a gate that looked like it was already open uh, because it wasn't broken when it was on the actual video. But nonetheless... Came out uh, with her finger on the uh, on the button hook there, and good old Mark holding his AK forty seven. So I'm just going to read this real quick uh, roundtable of thoughts on this. Um, the St. Louis couple famously pictured wielding guns as Black Lives Matter demonstrators marched outside their property last year, not on their property, on the street in front of their property. They were marching pardoned. down the street past right. their house to go to the governor's the, house, the, the mayor's house, yeah. the mayor's house. Sorry. Right. They weren't so, even going towards them. Both of these guys are attorneys in their 60s, uh, were granted a pardon on July 30th uh, by the outgoing uh, governor, who is a Republican, of course. They had pleaded guilty to misdemeanors in connection with the June 2020 incident and were ordered to pay fines. Um, fourth degree misdemeanors, uh, assault for threat for threatening the passerby with an AR-15 rifle, $750 fine. Now, here's the thing. They were both celebrated and vilified after this, depending on which side of the situation that you are on. They actually got to speak at the Republican convention, uh, yeah. the, R the, the, the Republican National Convention last year. And what I found out today, which is interesting, is that Mr. McCluskey, who is also the name of my high school science teacher, is, yeah, it's definitely the same guy, um, is running for the open Senate seat in Missouri. So you're looking right there at your barefooted, gun-wielding, tight polo-wearing, BLM-hating senator, because I'm sure the guy will win 
in a fucking landslide. So I about to say he's probably gonna win. Like being from St. Louis, St. Louis is one of those cities that you don't realize how segregated it is until you go somewhere else. Like I never went to school with anybody who wasn't black or white. And I never went to school with white people until I moved out into the county schools. And I never went to school with black kids while I was at the county schools unless they came in on the same bus as me. Like, it's so segregated. Like, there are literal pockets of neighborhoods that the people never leave. The, it's like in the, it's like boroughs. Like, they never leave their borough. South City never goes onto the north side in Florissant where, like, Michael Brown and all that shit happened. Like, they're two totally different everythings. Don't interact. Don't talk to each other. Have two different – it's like two different cities, two totally different cities. So, yeah, and everybody outside of, like, downtown St. Louis is these guys, is these guys. It's a bunch of rednecks who hate everybody. So, he'll win. He'll win. No, no, no problems. Got it. All right. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts when you see this guy's running for Senate? Well, I think it's I think it's pathetic. I mean, I think I think this is the problem in America. You know, it's like these idiots can can go outside and, you know, wave their guns around and whatnot and basically have no percussions. The governor is going to pardon them. You know, yeah. so it's giving free reign to do whatever you want to do. It's it's like the Trump derangement syndrome, you know, where he, you know, is basically pardoning all these criminals um, that are just doing things that, that he would do. So it's like so the last four years of the, the fucking moron. Trump gave us this insanity that's in our country now. It's it's like it's it was always below the surface, you know, but but now it's like somehow there's permission that's been given for people to just do crazy shit and act stupid and and like basically the worst of people has now been allowed to come out. You know, and so all of us are like going, what the fuck is going on? You know, but it's like it's the lowest common denominator. And so what it, what it says to me is that, like, people aren't really that smart. It's no. like it's like there is a baseline <laughs> of humanity. You don't that say is, re is really not smart. You know, so so it's like my wife and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And like, how does this happen? You know, and then I have to remind myself that very thing. It's like there, there's like us. We're having a conversation. We're talking about things. You know, we have ideas, and you know, we're you know. There's nuance examples. There's nuance examples. Pop up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, and then numbers. it's like if you take off the <laughs> if you take off the frontal lobe, there is none of that, and that is what you're dealing with. With people like that, yeah, fuck no mask, no, not going to do the vaccine because that mm -hmm. might save me, but I'm American and I'm going to fucking live my own life until I'm dead in a few weeks with COVID. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what we're dealing with. That's, that's like, <laughs> that's like, that's like what you described is almost precisely the Dunning-Kruger experiment. It's like, and if people are unfamiliar, that's, they gave a whole bunch of people the same test. And then instead of asking them um, how they think they did, they said, how do you think you did compared to everybody else? And they ran this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Now, the people giving out the test, they actually know what everybody's scores is. So the people who did really well 
think that they fared somewhere in the middle or maybe they didn't do as well because they figured this is easy shit that everybody knows. But the people who didn't know their fucking ass from a dirty hole in the ground, oh, they all assumed that they were at the very top. And it happened over and over and over and over where the dumb people assume that they know everything and the smart people assume that everybody knows the obvious. So, and that is, Missouri is the Dunning-Kruger. So this guy is clearly a fucking animal. He's a fucking monster and he's an attorney. But due to Missouri rules, there's no way he's not going to make it into that Senate seat. Because the people are dumb and they see, oh, smart attorney man, protect home from black men. Me yeah. vote. Me vote. Were, the, the funny thing is there was hardly any black people in that in that BLM crowd. Doesn't uh, we, matter. Go, we, we go to the dissenting justice. Uh, so I'm not thrilled with this. I think it's retarded, for lack of a better word. But I also think that you maybe know, it's this stupid. Is, maybe it's stupid or it makes no sense. No, 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 yeah. no. Nobody. I'm not a fan of this, right? I don't mm-hmm. want this person in there. I don't want crazy lunatics in the Senate. I want intelligent people running the Senate who make concise arguments and actually say, "Well, we disagree on certain policy." I don't want a gun-toting pointing at unarmed citizens not protecting his property. You know, I don't want that per se. But at the same time, I, I, you guys say this is dumb. I think this is brilliant for, you know, strategy. I don't think it's good for the country. But here he is in a spotlight. You said, you know, you just outlined it perfectly a few minutes ago, and he's capitalizing on it. So, I mean, at a certain point, we have to say to ourselves, how in the hell did America not get this? How do the people not in this country understand what the strategy is? It's crystal clear to me and he's utilizing it and he's going to win utilizing a strategy. It's not dumb at all. It's brilliant. It's pathetic that we're in that state, but it's not dumb that you're utilizing a strategy to win. I mean, that's just politics. I mean, you know, you know, you take the idea and that you start doing something. Look, look at 2015, 2016, the Donald Trump strategy, taking out every single Republican, brilliant strategy. You could say it's horrific for America, but you have to acknowledge the strategy. And so that's how I view it, is that this is just brilliant political strategy. That doesn't mean it's good for America. That doesn't mean it's good for Missouri. That doesn't mean that that it's going to be a good thing in the long run. I mean, that that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. I don't the know if anybody agrees with me. Thing, uh, Ow. I, I, don't, I wow. don't necessarily disagree with, like, I'm not sure that it's strategy. Because, like, I don't think that when he walked outside that day, that he was strategizing. I think he was fucking yeah. scared, right? And because of the fact that he showed he was strong, according to the perception of a few, um, and stood up to the bullies in Black Lives Matter, that he is therefore qualified to be the champion of so, you know, gun rights or whatever. My, my point about the strategy, and I'll clarify my position so there's no confusion, is that the event happened and now they're spinning it into the strategy. The, the strategy is not him coming out and what he did, what you just described, because I agree with that. The strategy is saying we did X and now we're going to utilize it to boost this Senate campaign and win. Unbelievable. And I don't get out how, how nobody says this is dumb and, and that how, how does somebody not have a candidate to challenge us in a 
whole so, you know Senate state right okay. I mean I have I have an idea so what the Democrats should do I'm gonna run for I'm gonna run for office in in Illinois right as a Democrat so what I'll do is I'll endanger an entire crowd of people's lives by pointing a arm a loaded uh weapon at them I'll do that so then when the fallout happens for me endangering people's lives pops up a guy on the internet can later say, oh, that was a brilliant strategy to spin that. Like, fuck the strategy. This but, dude but, but, pointed but you, a loaded weapon you, at a you, crowd of people. Like the, the whole, I agree and, with and, this. And, and, and I'm new to the, the, to, to, to the 2A thing, right? But that's the first fucking rule of fucking gun safety. What's the first fucking rule? Oh, Not to exactly. mention she's walking around out there with the, the wife, at least, is walking around out there with her finger around over the trigger around completely wrapped around the trigger and holding it like this i mean i'll I'll put it a different way this is a whole sales thing that that, that's what this is in in reality i think it's i don't get how we got here because to me i view this and i'm like we're having somebody who pointed guns and endangered a bunch of people and maybe i agree with this politics maybe i don't agree with it but how is this person not being viciously attacked by Democrats in, in, in campaign ads? I mean, I can think of 15 ads to run against this guy to sink his you know, campaign in minutes. How, how is because, this? Because here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the problem, Andrew. Of, of, of all of the conservatives that I know, you have a, a problem unique among them. You're a little bit too rational. And, and and being rational is no longer a part of the conservative nomenclature, right? Like it, it's it's all about who's the enemy and who's fighting the enemy. And that is why, that is not the main reason why, but it is a key pr- premise uh, or, or a one of my key reasons supporting my my new uh stance as anti-republican right because none of this would have flown during under reagan or under bush none of this would have would have flown and now all of it flies and not only does it fly it's always been right and it's always been the way that they that that it's reasonable right and it's like the the rational few like you know like Eric in our chat, he's he considers himself a rational moderate. You know, it's uh, people who are able to think and say, okay, you know what? I don't like this thing that AOC said, or I don't like this thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene said. And and but to but to recognize craziness is gone on the right. They don't they don't recognize craziness anymore. Unfortunately, they embrace it. All you have to do for evidence for that is look at the the, the vaccine issues going on, right? Like it's it, it's perfectly reasonable to say, man, I've got some questions about how fast this vaccine came out, and I'm a little bit nervous about going to get the shot. That's reasonable. What's unreasonable <laughs> is saying there, so- there's a microchip in it that is going to cause a Volkswagen Beetle driving down the street to roll over and hit me because I have magnets inside of me. So, so, so I don't want to get too much into the weeds because we get five hour conversations about this, but right. the way I view, you know, things is that 
I think most people, and I think the craziness is 10%. I don't think the craziness is the 50% or the 49%. I think what's happened in our country is I think the craziness has been pumped up with steroids on Fox News and a variety of other podcasts. And I think we're only getting the 10%. And not because I don't, the people I speak to who are hardcore, you know, Republicans and conservatives, they don't think any of this. And, you know, I live in Connecticut, I lived in D.C. And so obviously I view it maybe from a congressional standpoint, I get that argument, but I don't think that's the majority of people because I think the majority of people are very, very, you know, in the middle. And a lot of us agree on a lot of things. And also I'm coming out of D.C. and there's a lot of agreement on legislation and a variety of other things. And maybe I have a different interpretation because of where I'm coming from. And it could not be true in Missouri. But when I speak to people, you know, I find people and I have Republican friends and they're like, you know, we don't think a microchip's coming down the road. Like, so I, I, I'm not 100% buying that argument. Kyle, uh, you get the last thought on this and then we'll move on to the last, to the last story or to the next story. Yeah, well, I, I think that basically what what you have is the the 23% of America that like bought in fully, you know, to the, the Trump insanity. I mean, those are the, those are the people that like basically, you know, were at the Capitol on the sixth. So it's like, so it's not, there are obviously they're rational Republicans. I, I, I know, I know many of them, you know, I, I'm from Louisiana. So it's like, you know, I, there's a, a lot of my family's Republican and, and they are not, you know, chip believing, you know, QAnon, like all that fucking craziness. And that's what gets the attention, you know. But unfortunately, that is what has a hold of the party. So it's like the Republican Party, like my family, you know, it's like the what the Republican Party is now is unrecognizable, you know. But it's like, but unfortunately, yeah. those people will still vote Republican just because they've always done it. You know, so then we're like enhancing the insanity by continuing this. It's like giving an okay to, you know, the the election was stolen, like and all this and all this crap that like, you know, Trump has been trying to say for like, you know, 15 years, you know, but to, yeah. when he finally got the chance to actually put it in motion, you know, he's been selling this lie for like forever, you know, so it's like. And you tell somebody enough, you know, it's like, you tell someone something, a lie enough, and then the lie becomes yeah. the truth, you know? So I think that that is unfortunately what's happened with a, with a, a lot of the Republican, that's not really the Republican party anymore, the Trump, the Trump faction, you know, that has taken over the party. So that's what I got. I see that point and there's some fair points and, and there's some concessions, but I don't want to keep going with it. I want to obviously... Move yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll push forward. Um, uh, Ay, caramba. It's just craziness. But anyway, so moving on to our next uh, real quick story here. And unfortunately, all these are like two hour podcast stories um, and we can only spend like five minutes on each. But uh, it is what it is. Um, th- I, this is kind of a litmus test. Um, honestly, a, a very big story um, as far as the, the future of American politics goes. Um, in an upset, uh, pro Israel, and this is, this is from the times of Israel though. I chose this story, um, because I thought it was interesting the way that their take on it, 
Uh, progressive squad back Nina Turner had a massive lead uh, over uh, the established. They're calling her the establishment candidate, and that's honestly what she is uh, in, in Chantel Brown in yesterday's special election in Ohio 11. One of the reasons why I brought up this particular story is because there was a town hall with Killer Mike and uh, TYT host uh, Jenk Ugner, uh, where it was a rally for Nina Brown, Nina, Nina Turner. And Killer Mike, uh, the rapper, basically was criticizing Jim Clyburn about making a bad deal with Biden and basically only getting the 1619 project as an uh, or, or the 1619 project um, only getting Juneteenth to be a national holiday. And that's the only thing that he got out of this deal. So there, there's there's some legitimacy to what he was talking about there. But uh, Brown, who uh, is a Cuyahoga County Councilwoman, came from behind from like 30 points down in the polls to win a critical Democratic primary in the Cleveland area district with a substantial Jewish population. And this Jewish article goes on to talk about how she is pro-Israel, how important pro-Israel Democrats are to the uh, Democratic Party, and how important it is to elect pro-Israel uh, folks to Congress. Um, and it also goes on to talk about how Turner was a leading uh, voice for Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders presidential campaign. So, uh, I'll, again, I'll toss this out. Um, Mikey, your, your thoughts on, on Nina Turner losing this, this race. Who did she lose against? What was the person's name? This young lady right here, Chantel Brown. Who did she lose against, though? Uh, Nina Turner lost to Chantel Brown. Chantel Brown. So Chantel um, Brown is the winner. I mean, as much as I get the whole corporate Democrat thing, I'm not buying into that. I'm left-leaning because I'm a secular humanist and I care about people. And that's typically where a lot of my political um, coloration has to has to reside, unfortunately. But yeah, you can't be pro-genocide, sorry, and be and be pro-humanist. Like that's that's not a thing for me. And that's not something that I waver from. Um, Israel um, has its positives and it definitely has its negatives. Being pro-Israel is not a fucking um, – that's not, that's not a linchpin on me pulling the trigger on a vote for somebody. Like, that doesn't do it for me. It's just saying that doesn't do it for me. Actually, it makes me worry about you a little bit. It, it, it brings are up more questions are you, than are you character? You're not characterizing Nina Turner, who – I mean, Nina Turner said some things that I don't agree with as well. But I would not characterize anything she said as pro-genocide. Pro-Israel isn't, isn't it? That's it's the same. Okay, so that all right. So that's the thing is that Nina Turner, same. Nina Turner. Okay, so you're talking about pro-genocide versus Palestinians. Correct. I mean, you, okay, okay, I, I, okay. You, I I can't sit here on our platform and say I support everything that Israel does. Go right. to Israel when I know that Israel is is doing some shit and has done some shit. So right. I have reservations about how they do things. So I would never right. I would never go out on the campaign trail and talk about some Israel, Israel, Israel and start waving a flag and doing the whole thing like that's that's problematic to me. OK, that, that that's where I, 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 I thought you were saying that Nina Turner was supporting the genocide of Jews. Um, oh, no, so, no, 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 yeah. no, no. OK, so the um, and, and that's the thing. And, and I'll pass it to our guests here. But 
the, first of all, the Democratic establishment turned on Nina Turner on a dime. Like Hillary Clinton is still so mad about, but like this is literally like the sixth year of the 2016 Democratic uh, National Convention. It's ridiculous because it's still Bernie versus the Bernie side versus the Hillary side. And, you know, it's to me like it's OK to be moderate, but just because I'm critical of the Israeli government, there is in no way that you can say that because I'm critical of a government that does a lot of foul shit. And that's not to, yeah. you know, say that the the, the PLO and, and, you know, Hamas and stuff don't do heinous shit, too. But those people. I'm not defending the actions, but the but I understand you've had your homeland taken away from you and you're basically living in a police state without rights and without votes and um, with your and with your house on the other side of a fence that you can see you can see a motherfucker living in that bitch going to and from work in your fucking house and like, they yo, built the wall yo that's different wall past the borders like so it, it's like i yeah. understand why they're why they're why they're pissed off and but if i'm critical of that that doesn't mean i hate jews it's it's just ridiculous kyle your thoughts on on i'd like to get your opinion on a specific piece of this when it comes to the progressive versus moderate debate, why do you feel like the mainstream media, and I'm talking about MSNBC, uh, you know, we talked a lot about this last week or two weeks ago, we talked about media bias in the news, um, your MSNBCs and CNNs, do you see that that they're against progressives in any way? Is that in your optic view? And do you see this at all in Hollywood? That they are against progressives, right? No, I, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that they're that they're against progressives. I think that um, it's like when you have people that like extremes of of any of anything, you know. So, like in in the Democratic Party, we have people that basically are very, you know give people things and social programs and, and, and like people deserve obviously not to be homeless and not, you know, all, all of the things that like, we have like a huge homeless problem here in LA, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, so how do you fix that? You know? And that fortunately we have people that are working on that, you know, the kind of thing, but um, man, it's like the, that whole topic, like of um, the Israeli situation and the democratic party and being, you know, pro-Israel or not, you know, I, I, I really don't think that it should be attached, you know, um, and, and that the, the fact that like, and I see the Republican Party too, it was like Republican Party is very pro-Israel, um, which is, which is great. I mean, it's like my, my sister-in-law is Jewish. So it's like, that's, that's wonderful. And so is my uncle. So it's like, that's not the issue, but it's like the, the government you know, like you were saying, is doing some really shitty things. You know, so, so it's so like Kyle, Kyle maybe yeah. you can maybe you can split the hair for us in a way that we haven't approached it yet. How do you parse out Israeli government from Jewish people? Because I think that's like I'm I'm part of several different shows, and we always struggle with whether or not to cover something because. Uh, well, you know, here, here's, here's, how, head, like, here's how I can like, answer. We, like, we don't want to come off anti-Semitic, but it's like I'm not talking about Jews. I'm talking about is the Israeli government, the Israeli army. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I do know what you're saying, and I think that that's that's the kind of thing that like um, 
like peeling back the onion on on all this kind of thing. It, it's like when when uh, when Trump was president and like basically the world hated America, you know, it, and it's like and there's like, you know, the majority of us that didn't vote for him are going like, wait a minute. Uh, that's not America. That's this right. guy, you know. Right. So I think that there's a separation. You know, the the leaders of countries that do terrible things doesn't mean the people are terrible. And there are people that will support the terrible things, but that's not like the majority of the people, you know. So right. I think that it's like the separation of government and people is is the thing. So I think right. that that but will be the way that. But it's bigger. It. But it's bigger than that, though, because anti-Semitism implies like anti-Judaism. So it's like almost like a religious thing. So it's like, if you say, I don't think that these people should kick these people out of an area, they say, you're persecuting our religion. You know what I mean? Like, well, like then that's and the thing is, yeah, that's their own dogma because that actually does not equal that, you know? So it's like, I'm a pagan, you know? So, and Christianity basically like conquered America. You right. know, so it's like, but it's like, right. I don't hate Christians because of, of the, uh, you know, of the past of, of what happened, you know, so it's like uh, that kind of like religious situation that like seeps across everything is, is a big problem, you know, so it's like, so that is, that's the issue of, of how you, how you knock down that door, you know, and have a rational yeah. conversation when people are tying it to religion and so you're oh so right. you're anti this or you're anti that and you're like no right. we're just right. talking about what happened in this area with these you know settlements and whatnot and you know these people are kicked out of their house and how do you justify that and like well you know so you got to be able to separate the two but once you lockstep into your religion means that this has to be okay that's the problem with religion right i agree 100 percent uh andrew did you want to pop in on that yeah, so this this is super interesting hearing all three of you talk because I'm Jewish. And oh, so, fantastic. Well, that's all the time we have for this week, folks. <laughs> Join us next week. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, the, the way I separate these two things is that if you criticize Israel as a country, like you criticize U.S., Canada, Britain, Afghanistan, and you say we don't really like the fact that they, as a government – bulldoze houses down and we don't like that 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 and, and they, let's say you know you know you know I'll, I'll pick a governor you know andrew cuomo because he's not liked right now he decides to bulldoze down people's houses and you criticize those things as equal well then it's not anti-semitism anymore because you're criticizing it equally when it becomes anti-semitism is that i'm criticizing israel because they are a jewish country then it becomes with the sole reason of it being Jewish first and not secondary. Or if you say, hey, I'm going to throw rocks at a Jew just because he's Jewish, that is clear anti-Semitism. So that's yeah, how we right. divide it. And I think I think that that's a fair division. So, so, so do, I, the, so do yeah. the bulldozing houses thing again. And like if it's a what do you mean by like if it's a Jewish country? Because, so, there's, so, because there's a lot of people yeah, in yeah. Israel who aren't Jews. So, so, so I, I guess, I guess the, 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 the argument and the way I parse it is that if you're saying, oh, Israel decided to go bomb Egypt and okay. you're criticizing them because, you know, it, Egypt bombed them and then the Jews are retaliating and you, and you make it a, you put religion there in front instead of a country defending itself, then it becomes anti-Semitism because you're criticizing them based on the fact that you're saying, oh, it's a Jewish government. 
and that they're acting with their religion first versus like almost like a crusade and you're putting the religion out there. If that makes any sense. Let me, let me, let me throw another monkey wrench in there because I think a lot of times if you just say, I have uh, uh, thought conflicts with the Israeli government, right? Like I'm talking about the government. I'm leaving the Jewish and the religion. Like I'm not, that's not what I'm going after, but the army of Israel did such and such. But as soon as you say the army of Israel, it, it turns into that's anti-Jewish. So, and you know so what I mean? Like, I don't the, feel like, the way, like, how does that work? So, so, so the way I view it is that if I'm to say, well, the United States you know, didn't show up to Syria and then Israel didn't show up to Syria, just to equate it very, very, very simply, that to me, if you have an issue with Israel not showing up, the Israeli army didn't show up to, to defend the red line in Syria, that's not anti-Semitism. Because you're criticizing them the same way you criticize any other government. It's when you start saying, you know, and that's that's the division. I think that the anti-Semitism card, you know, is done that is used a little too much. And I think it's dogma. I also think that, you know, unfortunately, and it's on both sides. I think people, you know, it is they don't want to make enemies. And there's plenty of, you know, Jewish Democrat spots where, where voters are Democrats who are Jewish and there's plenty of Republicans and, you know, it's just an easy win card. You know what I mean? Because it's hard to defend yeah. against. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dutch. Please. So let me ask, let me ask you this. I'm sorry. So taking Nina Turner, for example, right? Like, and, and other, other Democrats who are in hot water for things they've said about Israel. When I parse those comments out, there's there's always nuance there, right? But the what I generally see is like they're they'll criticize if I criticize Christianity, that doesn't mean I'm necessarily criticizing Christians. If I criticize Islam, the right wing jumps up and down and cheers. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm I'm criticizing specific Muslim people, right? Like I don't like the Islamic doctrine. I don't like Christian doctrine, right? I don't like Jewish doctrine. Like I don't think that the book of Leviticus is a very good book. The same for a, a lot, but the the if if I if I if someone brings up the fact that you know the Jewish state is using religion which they are because they believe that the Bible has ordained that this is their homeland and therefore it is and Christians buy into that. And I attack that it's not really dogma that 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 religious belief that is not to my eye anti-Semitic. That is critical of of of, of, of something that you like Zionism, right? Zionism is based it, it, by Zionism is not written about in the Bible. That's a more modern concept. But if I'm an anti-Zionist, that just means I don't believe in your in what your ancient texts say that to be true or valid in today's world. That doesn't mean that I hate Jewish people. Why is it that that continues to happen? So, so with, 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 with the right to Israel, it, 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 there's two positions. So obviously in 1945 to 1948, there's obviously a bunch of doctrines that granted and formed because of the Holocaust. So from a legal land perspective, you know, the Jewish state was granted by essentially the UK and a few other countries. So, so, 
that's the defense from from a legal position. And if you're critical of the UK and the UN on that point, that's not anti-Semitism by far. And if you say, well, you know, so if I'm to defend Israel's right as a country and of being a quote unquote Jewish country, I'm not going to pick the Bible to defend or the Tanakh or the Torah to defend on that point. So that's just a weak argument for me. And I'm not going to pick anti-Semitism on that argument. The anti-Semitism position, Ilan Omar said, oh, it's all about the money. And that's why all these you know, unions and other things are supporting Israel. That was an anti-Semitism comment because she was implying that, you know, all this politics stuff is about the money with Israel and Jews, but there's plenty of other money. And she wasn't critical of, you know, the Coke, Coke industries. She wouldn't have made the same statement to that. That's, uh, a perfect that's, example. that's, that's true, but. That's a perfect okay, example like, of so, anti-Semitism. So I but, agree. No, wait, wait, wait. Is, but wait, is it because all politics is fucked up mainly because of money? Because people are, are taking shit under the table and everyone's on the fucking take and no one is doing what they're supposed to be doing because they don't have to because they're on the take. So, so I don't know that that – because well, it's, and, so and on someone, top of that, let, let me no, add no, no, hold on, hold on. Trump let me, let me, said – Hold on, hold on. Let me finish the sentence. And right. just because someone's taking money from Israel – doesn't mean that it's automatically anti-Semitic. That just means they're just as just as they're they're involved in the same kind of corruption that the Koch brothers are into, that Big Pharma is into, that the petroleum industry is into. That just means that they're part of the game. That that doesn't separate them as I, bad specifically. I, that I makes them part of. Okay, so if a, so if China had a bunch of lobbyists in this country. We would say the, get the, the money the, out of politics and don't the, listen to them. It's the reason the same thing why with Israel I say it, no, no, no. The reason why I say it is because it wasn't, you know, you know, when it's Coke Industries, they're not attacking a country and they're not saying, oh, it's all about Israel Jewish money. Is pretty much what she was implying when you read in between the lines. There's a difference when you attach, you know, a religion to it and say, oh. And has the dirty context. If we said we don't want Russian money in here, and but we don't want that, Israel we don't do money. That. Did she say Jewish money or Israel money? She said it's all. I mean, I don't have the exact quote. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like you. But, can't, but it was implied. It was implied. And but that, but that's what I'm saying. You can't be you can't be critical of Israel without being shot at for being anti-semitic but but what what i just explained is that if you say israel is bulldozing houses of palestinians that you could be critical saying the government is doing something when you say oh it's jewish money and it's all about the 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 money and the jewish money that's anti-semitic because what you've done now is that you've attached a person and created a dirty context to it and you've attacked an entire country and it's a jewish country let There's me, no let, question let me, about that. Let me, put some, let me put some context to this. So the, the quote is, and I'm reading an article from back then. She's in, she said, um, there's a couple of different things here. She said, uh, the latest controversial tweets from Omar suggest Jews are buying political support. She tweeted the following about, she said, all about the Benjamins, baby, when a reference to a song, obviously, about $100 bills. Um, and AIPAC, which is a pro-Israel lobbying group, um, lobbying for for ju- for political gain, right? That was highly criticized, and it was poor choice of words. But Donald Trump goes into a room full of Jewish people at a fundraiser and says, 
we all know there's a lot of money in this room, right? You know, and like that, but, but that comment flies completely under the radar. So, I mean, we have to get, we have to move on from this because we're on time crunch. Um, but I will let you have the, just, just the follow up to, to what I said there. Yeah. Andrew. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, my, my point is that I think that there, there, there's criticizing governments is perfectly fair. I think when you clearly make it, and I think, I think everybody knows when, when it's clear. I really do. I think that, you know, I think a lot of this has been blown out of proportion, but I do think that there is some of that stuff and anti-Semitism in there. And that I think when you specifically put saying, you know, it's Jewish money, for example, in there, you know, it becomes anti-Semitic. But if you say, I have an issue with the way, if you criticize, and the way I view this, and it's my barometer, if you criticize the U.S. the same way as you would criticize if Israel did the action, then it's not anti-Semitism. Hmm. So, so, so that, that's how I view it. The, the way the way that the way this this irritates me, and I'm just going to say this, and we'll move on, is that the right has this tendency, for better or worse, to say like, if you kneel for the anthem, you hate America. If you say something negative about the Jewish government, you hate Jews. It's always this all or nothing, right? It's never just like, oh, this is my stance on this. They don't allow that, and I find that problematic. Now, I, I this is again a four hour discussion, but. We're on Time Crunch Show, so we got to move on. So we're going to we'll move on to the topic at hand. Um, I'm going to segue into this uh, because I think it is worth noting that um, I went to go see Black Widow yesterday, which was great. I won't spoil it for anybody, uh, but I will say best Marvel movie since Winter Soldier. Um, but Scarlett Johansson is suing uh, Disney over releasing the movie on Disney Plus, right? Um, because her pay was set up to um, based on the box office release. This brings a, a, us to the topic because what we're talking about here today is we're going to talk about bias in Hollywood. And there's obviously been, you know, I, you can call it an anti-female bias. You can also call it like a way that women have been, have been cast in Hollywood. We're going to talk about a few different areas of this. Um, but just like as an actor, Kyle, like, when you think about the, the biases that have been taking place in film or on TV in television shows over the course of, you know, the last what, 75 years or so of, of mainstream television, what, what did you say is the underlying theme of like, where's the biases that you see or the spin maybe is a better word that you see. And that like, you know, in the messages that Hollywood tries to get across. That they try to get across. Um, see, I, I think that this, the, the question is so much like deeper than 75 years. I mean, basically, uh, you know, for the last, you know, 2000 years, you know, we've had a, a whole a patriarchal system, you know, so that is ingrained in everything. So like, you know, men think they're better than women, you know, like kind of innately, they've been taught it, you know, since they were, you know, you know, toughen up your kid, you know, take care of the woman. She's weak. You know, all the stuff that, that you're taught, you know, as, and this is through generations and generations. So it's just people that are making films that go along with this learned kind of, of bias. And so it's like to, to unravel all that stuff, you know, it's, it's going to take a little while. 
you know, so it's like, so it's like, hey, this is not good. Don't do that anymore. Women are actually smart, you know, and more than beautiful things to look at, you know, yeah. and that takes that takes some undoing, you know. Um, so I think I think it's it's simple, but it's complicated because it's based, it's innate in like what what people have been taught, you know, on this whole planet. It's not just America. You know, it's it's everywhere. It's like um, there's a lot of unlearning that has to happen. You know, we as human beings. So, and and film is just a reflection of um, of where yeah. where we all are. You know, right. in our learning process. Yeah, Im uh, art imitates life. So, yeah. <laughs> you had a problem with the Disney films from the '40s and '50s. That's because America was fuck shit, and and that's why we put out bad shit. And now that we're trying to get to a better place, it's going to be some uncomfortable growing pains for a lot of people where they have to get used to things not being the way that they were before. Like we're like we're one of those transitional decades where things went from being, ah, that's probably not great to that is a much better way of dealing with things. And, and I think that's good. I think it yeah. helps all of us. And it, if, if something makes you uncomfortable, that means you're growing. That's a good thing. If you if you don't like something and you don't know why, that's your that's your that's your bias showing, and it's letting you know that you're upset with something. Just deal with it. Like like realize that it's there, understand why it's there, and then throw that shit away. Just like, but don't don't just act like oh well it was a bad movie because the the camera worked. Like don't make excuses for it. I don't like Black Widow because I don't think Black Widow should be an Avenger. Because when Thanos shows up with his fucking super fucking powers, what the fuck is a spy going to do? She has her own separate. Her and Hawkeye need to go sit on the back ropes when the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and fucking everybody with fucking magic is there. And then here comes like, yo, I'm going to do some interrogation tactics. Yo, go sit your heads down. So does, that go, does that hold true for the Dora Milaje as well? Uh, they can beat the shit out of super soldiers. They have some skill. You think Dora Milaje is going to fucking shriek when it comes to a fucking Black Widow? Say right here, right now, Dutch. Who, you think, who are you taking? Unkoye or fucking uh, Black Widow? Who's going to win in a fight? I think it would be a very evenly matched fight. I mean, oh, you got to remember. God, you got to remember Black <laughs> Black Widow, right? Like Black Widow is the is the premier. She's supposed, at least in the comic book sense, Black Widow is the premiere of all of the Black Widows, right? Like she's the best of all of the Black Widows that are out there. So you think it's she, like you think she, you think she beat uh, my homeboy with the silver arm? Well, no, because he has super Marty? soldier serum. And who, bro? And who did the Dora Milaje? It with no when, when extra did, when did the Dora when, when did the Dora Milaje beat Winter Soldier? They took his arm off. When did they break his arm off? Did you forget that part of the show? Uh, which uh, are you talking about in um, Falcon and Winter, in Falcon and Winter Soldier? The Dora Milaje showed up and they said chunk 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 kink and they fucking oh because they knew, yeah, right they, off of him. They, yeah, they they knew the code to get the to get it off. It's not like they ripped it off of him. So yeah, they outsmarted they, him for a second. Sure, we're talking oh, about outsmarted him. Okay, He's so, a super soldier and he couldn't stop them from taking the arm back. Right, that doesn't. But that doesn't oh, mean that, I, that on, doesn't man. mean that they're not a bad that they're not that they're not badasses. But like okay, so we're going down a, 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 a bias 
poll oh, here and, right now. And, and, so, and you're in your, in your this favorite. This is so world. entertaining. I'm I said it would be, I said it would be evenly <laughs> matched, right? That's all I said. That's it would be evenly even. matched. So, well, me, me and Kyle are just going to let you two fight, and we're just going to sit back and enjoy no, it. Do you no, guys mind right. me getting you, some popcorn? You bring, up, you, bring up a, you bring up a good point. Andrew and Kyle, tell me right now, who wins in a fight? The head of the door, Milaje, my girl, Linkoye, or the Black Widow? Tell me right now. Just, okay. don't you, shut your Two, not a so, hundred. I had I had a very good article pulled up about some of the of the bias against uh, African Americans in Hollywood that's taken place oh, over man. the last few years, but I didn't realize that it was a fucking New York Times article, and I got to read it, and then after a while, it won't let me look at it anymore. So, uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start this conversation in a little bit of a different so, way. We so do. I do have I one was article. Bring something up, if oh, you don't okay. mind. It's no, no, no. Cool. You can you can bring anything up you want. This is an open forum show. So, so it's not necessarily Hollywood, but it's actually WWE. And I was actually going to read some of the women's salaries because I think mm-hmm. this is very, very interesting. So Ronda Rousey's annual contract is 2.1 with 2.5 merchandising sale. Charlotte Flair is a million. Becky Lynch has a 3.1 million. You know, Alexa Bliss has 30,000, you know, earnings and pay-per-views with 350,000. And then, well, the list just keeps going downward all the way downward from there and so most of the women on the roster are making three hundred fifty thousand or less um and then a lot of them as you go down people like mandy rose make one hundred fifty thousand. you know some of them maybe make two hundred fifty thousand, but then you know some of them make a hundred thousand and then when you get into the minor leagues they're making less than a hundred thousand and are you talking about wrestler what do you which women are you looking at wrestlers in wwa Okay, okay, okay. And the reason why their male counterparts are making, you know, 200,000, you know, or making 150,000 in NXT, so they're making $70,000 more, or some of them are making, you know, 250,000 when the women are making 150,000. And so it's kind of crazy that you have women and these women in a lot of ways, I mean, some of them are like a year in, and obviously you make less. Then, then if you're 10 years in, but even some of the women who've been wrestling for six years are making only 150,000 while the guys wrestling for six years are making like 400,000. And so there's a real issue with that. And obviously the matches are better. They're putting in some of the same work as the men. And it's kind of a crazy bias where, and, and then when you get to the top, you know, you have Becky Lynch making 3.1 million, which is similar money to a top WWE male star, but it literally took almost 10 years to get there. And it's kind of crazy. And so it's, it's a real issue where I know it's not exactly Hollywood, but it's television. And there's a real bias in that. And it's kind of crazy. And, and it's not good. And, and they don't get the same merchandising rights. They don't get the same perks. And it's a big issue in wrestling. I know it's a little bit off topic, but but I think I think it really well, highlights no, that's, it. Well, that that's that's a fair way to highlight it. Um, the there there's let let, let me let me we're, let's touch on this kind of systematically. So you have a couple of different things I think than when you look at film over the the course of the history of film, where you have groups that have been portrayed well or not portrayed well. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring up a, a, a couple of them here. There there was a story that I was talking about. Um, and there's another article I kind of pulled up on it here briefly where it talks about um, the $10 billion opportunity from CS- CSNBC 
where they study the anti-black bias in, in Hollywood. So a couple of key points here from this article. They say in this article that if Hollywood were to address racial and racial inequalities in the film and TV industry, annual revenue could rise by about 7% or 10 billion, according to findings by a new study from McKinsey. The consulting firm's research found that black-led stories are under uh, underfunded and undervalued, and it ranks the TV and film industry as disproportionately white. They had talked uh, in this Times article about how, historically speaking, films that have had two black leads have done, I believe that the, the, the number was about 6% better than films that had only one or no black leads. Um, so starting with race and we'll talk about women, we'll talk about Christians and, and, and conservatives, uh, I think all systematically as far as the bias or non-bias that we see. But I think obviously back in the day, it was a little bit easier to explain, uh, perhaps because of the fact that almost all of the producers and writers and stuff that were getting jobs in Hollywood were white people. When they write stories, they write stories about themselves and, you know, or reflections of themselves or people that they know. So you can kind of explain it, it, it away as like this non hateful bias in that way. But as things have progressed and gotten to be more um, where the society has become a little bit different, what I'd like to know, like from Kyle is, where what what type of efforts is it that what type of efforts have you seen or what type of efforts do you make as a filmmaker to sort of make sure that you the films that you make and it doesn't have to be necessarily black but when it comes to women or hispanics or minorities or anything like that to put voices into your films or into films of the peers that, that you your peers that you enjoy um that make those films richer or better and is it a problem well, I think that a lot of things are, are coming to light now, you know, um, as far as like what I do, what what we're going to be doing is 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 all inclusive. My wife's a screenwriter, you know, so it's it's definitely going to you know, you're not we're not going to you know march out women, you know, in bikinis in, in our films. And um, and it, it's going to reflect America, you know, and I think that that is is like I I grew up, you know, with like, you know, the melting pot, you know, America's the melting pot. And you had like, you know, the, the posters and, and all that kind of stuff. And that was done away with pretty quickly. But it's like that's very much in in the way that I think and, and see things, you know, and it's like I'm, right. I am an example of that. You know, I'm, I probably have like all, all of the races are, you know, I, they're represented in, in this guy, you know. So it's like I think that for me personally, it's never been like an issue of like, how am I going to do this? Because I kind of already, I innately do it, you know, and um, kind of being, being fair to everyone and make sure that people are represented um, to, to cast things just because, you know, someone's white or black or Asian or Indian or whatever. I think that it's like, once you, once you start doing things that are outside of a story, then it's like you're doing things for a different reason. So I think that if, if people just want to tell what the stories are, you know, for, for what they are and just, and, and not necessarily see color, you know, in it, then anyone can have those parts, you know? So I think that that, that's, um, that's kind of where we need to go, you know? And I think that like, as far as bias goes, is you know, through Hollywood's history, you know, it's like, I mean, 
black people and Native Americans, you know, or were made to look like fucking idiots, you know? And I think that that, and that was through a lot of like early film. And, um, and, and that's like a, that's a big, it's a big problem, but it's also, that's the founding of this country, you know, it's like, Hey man, you know, it's, it's, there's a it's, lot to look at here. It's know? innate, it's innately American. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For, exactly. It's like, don't, don't, don't look away. Don't look away. It's like, this is, this yeah. is where America came from. So now we get to go, oh yeah, you know what? Let's change some things. So, so Frederick, I'll mention Frederick. something. Sorry yeah, to cut you off, but I think it's super important. Um, it's either Holiday Inn or White Christmas. And there's a scene where they're doing blackface in it. Okay. That is from, from back, I think in either the forties or the fifties, you know, that's, I mean, I think we're past I don't that think it's, I don't think it's White Christmas because I've seen that movie. It's maybe Holiday times, so It might be the other one, yeah. But, but, but I think the idea is that that's very American. But obviously, I think that that, that is very offensive. It's, it's horrific. You know, it's not good. But obviously, that, that's American. And I think that, you know, fast forward, I mean, we have a major movie coming out with a black lead in it. And that's Suicide Squad. And it's a big deal. And I think, you know, as who's we were Who's the lead in that? Oh, Idris? man. He, he was in Tenet, I think. Oh. Idris Elba. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idris, Idris Elba, yeah. Yeah, Idris Elba. He's British so, for fuck's sake. There's well, the anti-British bias coming out. But I, think, I have I think, to deal with a British man every fucking week and three times throughout <laughs> the week. I have a very special... Uh, <laughs> vein of god damn y'all can't spell shit right with the fucking British people me and British people we got beef but it's like here's to you mister I have to spell favorite with a fucking you in it you goddamn <laughs> you look, monsters look, I, I think I think with, with stories I think we are progressing and could it go faster yes but you know what it is I think I think we're going to get there. I think in the next 30, 40 years, I don't think this is going to be a problem. I really don't. I, I think I agree with what you with, with that last statement. I think that as time progresses, it's going to become less of a problem. But people are pushing back right now to the fact that they're seeing the change in front of their eyes. Like they look at and, and Kyle, let me know if you agree or disagree with this. Uh, but like you, you look at like what they call classic cinema of the, you know, the 30s, 40s and 50s. Humphrey you know, Bogart. Um, yeah, Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant, Gone with the Wind, you know, all these uh, um, all these films that were out back then. I mean, I'm not talking about the overtly bad shit like Birth of a Nation, where it was just like 100 percent made for racism. I'm talking about the more subtle stuff. And like you had the way that blacks were often characterized and a lot of times even in black cinema itself, like, you know, even then some of the John Singleton films and stuff like that, where people looked at that and they said, oh, that must be everybody. Right. And then it and then it drives some fear. Um but for, like, for example, Frederick Douglass, um, I was going to say before, is the most photographed person of like the mid 1850s. And he did that because he wanted to make sure that people saw a representation in art of a black face that was not what people would generally attribute to blackness. Right. Like. It, it would quell the fear because they would see a positive portrayal. And you saw a lot of this with the Cosby show and, and, and things like that as time goes along, but you, so, you would see all of us. 
until he backs. Yeah, right. But Cliff Huxtable didn't backstab us. It was Bill Cosby. That did. Stop it. Stop it. Um, that's, that's Bill Cosby. That's not Cliff Huxtable. Don't do that. Don't no, do that. Cliff, Cliff Huxtable did nothing wrong. Cliff Huxtable is not real, bro. <laughs> yes, but he is. But Cliff Huxtable remains a positive icon. It's real to that's, me, man. Um, no, the, that's like um, saying that homeboy from fucking um, House of Cards. It like, no, no, no. His character is fine. No, that's part of him. That's that's Unless his. That's, the British version, and then you're good to go. Well, you, you've got. So we'll disagree on that. But the but like when you looked at, um, you know, African Americans, they were underrepresented, and then they were represented, you know, as in servitude or things like that with women. Uh, and you mentioned you mentioned White Christmas, right? Like I've I, I it's, it's holiday. It's one of the, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you mentioned white, you right. did mention white Christmas, right? So white Christmas is a great example of this because like yeah. white white Christmas is like one of the wife's favorite movies. So I we watch it every year at at Christmas. I've probably seen this movie like seven times. Um oh. and and it's it's not a bad film, but but when you watch it, you see it's like bad. the bias. The only black guy in the movie is the train car guy who's serving drinks. The women in the movie are very like they're very they're very what people identify as like the classic American woman, like well-dressed to the T's, always presentable, very submissive talk when they're, you know, talk in their place, um, you know, are just interested in being wives or married or that sort of thing. And their, their whole uh, initiative in life is to get a man. And then you look at like, like Christianity, Christians these days will talk about how Hollywood is very biased against them. And that might be true with Hollywood actors themselves. Kyle could probably speak better on that than I can. But film has not been like how many movies have been made about the Bible or Bible stories? Hundreds and hundreds of films have been made about the Bible and Bible stories and representation. Hey, I, I have a film in, in post-production film. right now called Preacher Six. So, I mean, it's not a religious film per se, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's got it's got preachers in it that are like do a lot of demon killing, you know? So it's, it's uh yeah, but that it's definitely not an anti-religion film at all, you know? But do you think that that movie, so that's a good example. Do you think that that movie will be characterized as like anti-Christian anyway, because the fact of the fact that the pastor is going out there being violent? Um, that's a good question. Um, I want to see this movie now. Hey, man, you know what? Look look up on YouTube. We have some trailers. It's in post-production right now. Um, But uh, Preacher 6, I'll post it in the chat so everybody can check it out. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, you know, I I actually hadn't really considered that because it wasn't a part of of my thinking, like when we we were making the film. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, this is the situation, like this person happens to be a preacher and there happens to be this problem where, you know, you got to take care of this problem. And it's like at this particular point and, 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 and nowhere in the film was the word Jesus or God. So and that was done intentionally. So Sounds that awesome. I'm not gonna that, lie. Like I wanna go see this now. It's like right. I've, seen, I've seen the I, I've I've seen the trailer for this movie for Preacher Six. Honestly, and I'm not saying this to kiss your ass. It's probably one of the more exciting trailers for a movie that I've seen. You know, like when the when the when the guy 
the black guy, like he's not a black person. He's like a black demonic entity falls from the ceiling Dutch. onto the table and like does the superhero Dutch. landing. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop what? Why are, why are the <laughs> it's a trailer. Stop spoiling shit. I literally put the link. Can you can you spoil a trailer? Seconds. Okay. Yes. Let them enjoy it. Tell them how you were enraptured, <laughs> how you were taken away by so, how great it was. Don't tell them what it is. I, I, I can Let tell you. Let them watch it. Let them get the views. So God, I, I, can, I can tell you why I'm I'm interested in this movie, and it might be slightly relevant. Is that I'm a huge Xenoscope fan, and Xenoscope is a comic book company that has a lot of strong female leads. So they do a female Robin Hood, a female Van Helsing. The sci-fi show Van Helsing is based off of Xenoscope's concept of Van Helsing. They've done Wonderland focusing on Alice and Callie and her daughter Violet down in Wonderland. And, you know, obviously they do Dorothy and Oz. And these, these women are really strong. And so this seems just like that and right up that alley. And so, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Very cool. Yeah, we have a character in it, um, the the Blue Nun, um, played by Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story, and and she actually, you know, has this. Uh, she has a special ability where she can like electrify things. So she like electrifies this chain, and it's like this lightning Ooh. chain that she ends up like killing demons with. So, Ooh. yeah. So that that'll be fun. When is it out? When is it out? I we're actually in VFX land right now, so um, I'm I'm bringing on some help. I have Mike Bybee, uh, who who's long play games. He does video games, so he's going to be helping oh. me to finish it, finish up the VFX. So I we don't have a release date now, so it just depends upon how long all this stuff is going to take us to get done. So so how are, so January first, everybody, Future <laughs> Six will be available. <laughs> online on all the streaming platforms it'll be in the theaters january 1st you hear here you heard it here first on dig on america well, thank you, you know, kyle for, yeah, for you're welcome. In. I, i'll tell you this get your get your vimeo links because that's going to be where it's going to be is on vimeo first so it'll be up, up for rental on uh Ooh, besides DVD. i like that can we can yeah. we do like a, a a subtle tangent on that is that the way to go Vimeo for um for like smaller like for like production things and for things that are getting out like during the COVID times where theaters may or may not be open and that like the blockbuster release may not be your option is Vimeo the way to go for independent uh, film producers? Um, in my opinion, I would say yes because um, I have not heard of of any indie indie films making any money. You know, doing you know, the Amazon prime thing. I mean, I know these distributors put all their shit up on Amazon prime and then right. the, the movie, the filmmakers never make any money, you know, and, and that's the last film they do, you know? So unless you have like a bazillion dollars for advertising, you know, and you get millions of views on prime, you're not going to make any money doing it. So it's like, you right. got to find a, a way that's viable for rentals. So you actually, the filmmaker actually sees that money back. And, um, and Vimeo is a good platform to do that. It's unfortunate that it's a business, you know, you know, much like I come from the comic book and I do a lot of comic book interviews with a lot of indie creators and Kickstarter and it is a business and, you know, it is a complicated business and I think you could attest to that. I know it's slightly off topic, but it is super, super important to go when movies come out on Vimeo to go watch them and rent them. And from just an indie standpoint, 
you know, it's super important to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, for sure. The, the 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 film of yours that I that I did see, obviously, I'm excited to see Preacher Six, but was Zombie with a Shotgun, um, which which was. I'm not going to tell me the whole. Tell you don't that tell me the whole movie, movie that I've ever seen. But I, when I watched it, I was like, you know, obviously your creativity came out in that. So go check that movie out. And did, did, was that the one? I can't remember. You did a movie with like Rowdy Roddy Piper or something, didn't you? Yeah, that's that was the that was the chair. The chair. The chair with, okay. With Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that was Peter Samati was the chair. He's he's a comic book uh, comic book creator, and that was his. Uh, graphic novel so the chair was based off his graphic novel um zombie with a shotgun is hilton ruiz so that's his his story um he lives in new york and um and he has like he did the web series first and basically brought it from you know six episodes on a web series and then i had just done the chair and and we were talking on the phone and said hey man what are you gonna do with this you know he said oh well i'm talking to people you know trying to get some financing and whatnot and and uh, good luck you know, with that. And, um, said, why don't you just do it, man? Like, let's just, you know, do a fundraiser and, and make the movie, you know? So he's like, really? All right. So, so then we, then we raised the money for that doing, you know, the Kickstarters and Indiegogo's and GoFundMe's and whatever it took. And so that's how that one happened. I put a, I put the link for the trailer for zombie with a shotgun which has all the links where you can watch it everywhere that it's available. Uh, in the you chat. were just on the spot, man. He's that's very the, good at his job. That's the thing. Like, everyone treats me like I'm this, like, rage-tastic asshole. No, I'm a fucking oh, content are. creator, and I'm a producer. That does not – there is no point on Kyle coming onto the show unless there is a way for people to get to it. I will, and that's where I come in and I will drop the link. I will tell people where to find it because even if people hate us and they're only here for Kyle, at least now they know where to get Kyle, right? Oh, I want to get some Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to, to bring us back into, um, bring the, us the back topic, the circle us back. So here's, I, w- I want to ask a couple of, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of guide it. And then I kind of want like Kyle as being the industry insider to, um, to, to speak on it. But I, I, I want to start by asking Mikey, a question first, and then Andrew. So the questions are going to be this, Mikey. 42. How would you like? How would you like to see? What do you think the issues are with African Americans in film, and what would you like to see? Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just going to push back a little bit. I don't know that there's a problem. I think mm-hmm. um, what has happened is there is a toxicity in fan groups. That is unacceptable. And um, if we're trying to become this more greater, this more better union, we have to stop being dicks all the time. And especially when it comes to art, because as a as a musician, someone who makes hard, uh, heavy metal fucking music. There is a lot of fucking shit that I have to eat because I'm black. Oh, this isn't this, this isn't this, this isn't it. And then I fucking, the shit has already been out, but it was under the band name and it had like the band logo as opposed to my face. And it, and it never got any of those fucking pushbacks. So, you know what I mean? It's as a community, we have to be the better. Capacity. Yeah. It's going to be consequences and repercussions. Yeah. Fuck around with me. It's going to be consequences and repercussions. Yeah, bitches. Um, we as consumers, 
we have because everything's becoming less big business. Well, I mean, big business is doing well, but for the small independent people, you have to be more generous. You have to be more um, conciliatory and more not a dick to indie producers of things. I'm not fucking um, Anderson Peck or Childish Gambino or Lamb of God. I can't fill those niches, niches for you. Let me make what I make. If you don't like it, that's fine. But you don't have to make a fucking 13 series response video about shit that you don't like. And that has become the trend, whether it comes to big shit. And especially now that indie people are trying to get their name out there, it's become a thing for indie people. So stop fucking making response videos for indie people. It's fucking hard enough as it is. If you're not going to fucking say something nice, shut the fuck up. And I'm done. Wow. How do you really feel? Andrew, um, is there that you see, and, and again, keep in mind, I've already mentioned the fact that there's been how many movies about the Bible, right? And pretty much any movie made before the 80s, I would say, has a pretty strong conservative bias. Um, recently, though, the narrative is, is that the right hates Hollywood, like Hollywood hates the right, I should say. Um, I'll have Andrew or Kyle give a follow up to this, but like as a conservative, as a moderate conservative, what are your thoughts on like Hollywood and the and the the right wing bias that is getting such uh, a narrative right now? Do you think it's real or do you think that it's Memorex? I think parts of it are real. And I think that that if somebody comes out conservative in Hollywood, they get flack for six months, maybe a year, you know, but not, then, Chris, not Chris Pratt. He he got a little flack for like a month, and then it sort of dropped. I, and he got a little bit of you know, you know, sort of I guess a little bit of like a punch. But but you lick your bruises and, and you go home. And and but, Denzel, can I finish a sentence, please? Yeah, like, I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just messing with you. I'm um, speaking. <laughs> but but I think you know what is. I think that there is a little bit of it, and I do think that unfortunately, if you're in this, you know, you're an actor. A lot of people keep their heads down. A lot of people don't want to, you know, do things. And also, look, certain movies just make money. And the name of the game is Hollywood. And let's be realistic. And, and maybe I'm wrong. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. But a bunch of movies don't make money or they make maybe $10 million over, you know, their, their budget, which really isn't a lot. And there's not a lot on the bone left. And so to produce some of the movies that maybe were are more conservative, maybe there's not an audience for it, or maybe it's too much of a risk. I mean, I come from a world where there have been more conservatives on my show, the pop anime comics lounge in the comic world, and they're all they all say to me, "Hey, man, we can't talk about this because if I'm found out, DC and Marvel are going to fire me." And these people are terrified. Whether that's true or not, that's how these people feel. And so I would imagine Hollywood would be very similar. But then you have somebody like Chuck Dixon, who wrote the Clinton Cash, you know, graphic novel for Breitbart, and that made millions of dollars for Breitbart. And so, obviously, I think that, you know, if conservatives really wanted, they should go build their own Hollywood, and I think that they would fill that niche so easily, and I think they would do well. And, and so, I, I, and also, you know, as Mike was saying, and Mike was saying, look, everything is going away from big business at this point anyway. So I think that this is also <laughs> going to be solved really quickly. 
Ask Kevin really Sorbo do. about his acting career. <laughs> or Dean Kane, our two favorite. Oh people. no. Dean Kane. Kyle you're no at cons. Kyle, you're uh he makes more money at cons than anything else right now. And God bless him. Oh, I would imagine Dean Kane does real good at cons. So he so he started yeah, grifting but... to become like he went after a different group because you know the conservatives weren't paying enough. So he's like, let me fleece the nerds. These let people get all that nerd money. money. These people make serious money. And I can explain it in like 30 seconds. They're basically, you get a sum of money as a contract guaranteed and every autograph you sell counts against it. So if his guarantee is 30 grand, you know, we can even make 30 grand. That's, that's how it works. It's, that, that's it's a, that's a fair. The price is wrong, bitch. It's a fair enough dollar amount. Kyle, your, your, your response, like, do you see like a conservative bias among your peers or in the films that are being made today? Like, do you look at them as being like anti-conservative and, 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 and I'll segue that with a different question as well. If I can kind of ask you to, sure, you, sure. when you, when you, as an actor and a filmmaker, when you represent things like LGBT or, you know, or talk about things like systemic racism, do you even view those things like, let's say you had a film that that talked about someone who was, you know, a, a, a victim of racism or something like that. Do you even view that as like anti-conservative? No, and I think that's a problem. You know, I mean, if if like talking about racism is is uh, somehow anti-conservative, then I think that says that question says more to the problem than like than the actual thing. You know, I mean, because it shouldn't be that way at all. And I, I'll say this about like um, in, in actual films, I don't see like an anti-conservative thing in people. Um, it wasn't a problem until Trump became president. And that's and that's when I think that like it really surfaced, you know, and, and that's when like people started to come out and, um, you know, like. I, I actually left an agency that I was with because like, it's social media. And it's like my agent like wrote something about Islam and, um, and, it, and it was like a, a right wing talking point, you know, about how I, I can't even remember what it was, but, um, we but probably I messaged, get the idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I messaged her and I said, are you serious right now? You know, like with, with what you're putting on, on Facebook. And she's like, what, you know? And I said, I don't think I can work with you anymore. You know, and so I, I left the agency, you know, because it's like I, I can't work with people that are racist, whether it's like, you know, for anyone, you know, it's like we got one planet here. We should all like fucking get along. And maybe I'm naive, you know, in that. But that's that's what I think. I, uh, I, but yeah, I, but I, I don't see the problem in films, but definitely um, with with people. I will, I will salute your way of dealing with it because. Since Trump lost and there's been some Trumpers that have somehow survived the purge of my uh, face, Facebook friends, which I might get rid of soon because I'm I'm just really sick of the hey, fucking drama. Hey, you me point. so quickly. No, I'm getting rid of fucking Facebook. Like, I'm just I'm just sick of Facebook because that's all it is, is drama. Um, that's true. And, and, and at this point, I have hiccups. Like, for some reason, I can't get rid of them. Sorry. Apologized. Um Whenever people post shit that's political and crazy, I'm like, hey, cool. Do you have a backup link so I can follow all that information? They block me. Oh, yeah. As soon as, soon as I say, like, someone posted a thing about, like, 
a household makes $24,000 a year, their bills are such and such. It was something uh, to the, to the effect of the national debt. And I'm like, but you can't like your household can't print its own, own money. So why would you make that reference? And then as soon as I say that blocked, 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 I'm like, Oh, you're not even interested in information anymore. You don't even want to be right anymore. You just want to post whatever you want to post. And because I'm your friend, I'm supposed to shut up and take it. So then that, in my head, I reverse it. And I'm saying, so the things that I said, did you just ignore those? Because I was so so wrong and terrible when I said, yay, LGBTQ plus rights. Yay, Black Lives Matter. Yay. Yay, so, such and such bill got passed. Did you just sh- ignore that and just let it happen? You know what I mean? And like, are we on that side of the equation? And that makes me feel weird, right? Because it's like, do they, are they so crazy that my rational things like, I'm glad that this happened for a group of people almost makes me, almost makes them delete me. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's an interesting point because like the you know, you're what you're talking about in a way is like you're not talking about censoring people, but you're talking about, you know, disassociating yourself with the views with, with the drama, right? And a lot of um I, I know a lot of conservatives kind of have talked about how Netflix has become woke and you know, sports has become woke and all this type of stuff. Um Kyle and and actually, I'm, I'm interested in Andrew, Andrew's opinion on this too. As we'll ask you guys like two more questions, and we'll close out. I know you got other stuff to do. Um, it's called sweet. It, it, should yeah, should should films like we'll use like Gone with the Wind as an example, right? Um, and other films that may have negative representations of either women or gay people or 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 Native Americans, like you know, like The Lone Ranger and stuff like that. Some of these old uh, John Wayne films. Uh, that have very negative portrayals of of, of uh, Native Americans. What do we do with those films, Kyle? Like, do we do we keep them as a representation of the culture that was? Do they still have cinematic value, or do we like? Or there's another camp that just says ban them completely. Where are you at on this, and why do you? And and as a, I think a very left leaning guy, why do you feel that way? Well, I think that you can't erase the past. So I, I don't think that, um, like, you can choose to not watch things. You know, you can choose to not celebrate things. But I, I think that, like, you know, taking things offline or, or whatever because it is what it is. I mean, it's a reflection of, of the way that things were. You know, so it's like, so as we grow, you know, and, and do things better, then we have something to look at from the past. It's like, yeah, well, we're better than that now. That was then. And so, so I think that it's complicated because it's like, I don't, because then it gets, because I'm not saying like, you know, don't, you know, get out of the way to cancel culture and don't take my statues of these fucking racist assholes. And that's not what I'm saying. What because, I'm, because isn't that the same thing? Like there's a Confederate statue or a fucking shitty fucking classic movie. Like, are they not the same? It's, it's tricky, but. I have an answer to that. If you want me to chime in, yeah, chime. Let me. What do you think? So, so, so. I think. I think it's also intention when they mm. produce. Let's just put Gone with the Wind. God, when when they put up all those, you know, Confederate statues, they were made out of shit tin, and they were meant 
to, you know, promote racism being intimidation tactics. I don't think anybody produced Gone with the Wind to say, let's go intimidate people. They wanted to produce a movie that is a classic, wonderfully done, you know, well thought out movie. Whether we've grown apart from that, I think it's massively different when you have a movie like Gone with the Wind because nobody in their right mind, there was a bunch of money that was pumped into it and it wasn't a $5,000 or $1,000 king beat up statue meant as an intimidation tactic. And I think we have to actually look at that. And that's a big difference. I mean, this is not two elephants in a room. This is literally a mouse and an elephant when we compare it. And so I understand that there's things attached to both of them and there's emotion attached to it. And I'm not saying my response is perfect, but I don't think it's, we're comparing two different things completely. And I think it's a very, very poor idea to compare them and equalize that. In no, that sense. no, what what I'm what I'm hinting at, and I'm glad you answered it the way that you did because I want to draw that answer out. But also I want to challenge again if something is problematic based on the times that it was made in, do we keep it or do we scrap it? And I know the case by case basis thing is gonna come up, but where is the line? So does it have to be so cinem- cinematically great? that it transcends all of its um, uh, racial and uh, um, social boo-boos at the moment? Does it have to be so good that it supersedes those? Or because it has boo-boos, we just get rid of it? I, I think I think it has to be, you know, I think it has to have some merit to it. You know, I, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's a little bit complicated if we put, um, shoot, what, Dutch, what, what did you mention with the, um, uh, yeah, oh, racist, no, no, not Gone with the Wind. With it was like uh, the, the John Wayne movies and stuff like no, that. No, Lone no, 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 something like an hour ago. Like, Lone, Way, Lone Ranger? No, no, no. Give me a second. It was. Oh, like, you're talking about Birth of a Nation. Yeah, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I mean, we can make the argument that Birth of a Nation could be considered cinematic, but I think it, 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 it's, you know, if we were to get rid of, we had to choose between Gone with the Wind and Birth of a Nation, and I'm not saying we should get rid of either one of them, but I think we would pick Birth of a Nation every day of the week. So I think, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think you have to sort of look at the cinematic value of it and that stuff. But then I fast forward to a movie like Dirty Harry, and Dirty Harry is a bad cop, and the reason why I go to this is there's a scene, I think, in the fourth one where he's being extremely sexist and he has a, a statement about a woman cop who's getting a partner to. And, well, that's a social boo-boo to some degree. But are we going to get rid of Dirty Harry when it's just an action, you know, film? I mean, it, it becomes, you know, sort of complicated did, at that point. Did you did you ever watch The Shield with uh, Michael Chiklis and um, – Benito. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I've I've seen the Shield. Actually, I did so, for that show. So, so no it, 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 the, wait, 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 wait! But you could have been I, Michael Chiklis. Hold on, I want to hear this. What, I, what, what role did you audition for? This is fucking. Oh, I, I have watched just one. Of the, I don't. I don't even remember, man. It was just like one of the probably a criminal. You know, so yeah, just one of the day players. You look very much like a criminal, so I would imagine. <laughs> I, I would I imagine that something. they just yeah, long hair and a beard, criminal. <laughs> just, just criminal. So I, that's I, the I bias, though. That's the bias, though. It's like I, I need to ask a way. serious question, though, just so I understand. Is this the one where it's sort of an ex-cop is working with with no. a real cop, no. and then there's three breakouts, no. or is that no. a different? Oh, okay. 
The Shield is um, The Wire, but in L.A., and it's like this elite gang narcotics unit of cops in Farmington, and it follows them and oh, their rises and falls. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a fucking fantastic show. Yeah, but but at the same time, it kind of glorifies shitty cops. Yeah. And so they started like, they started differently than they ended in the Shield too, because like in the beginning, yeah. they started what? like kind of glorifying what? them, and then they showed they were shitty. Spoiler, right? I mean, so, but, <laughs> spoiler but, alert. But, but Kyle, your thoughts on your thoughts on what Andrew's comments were with, you know, um, now that you've had some time to reflect, um, you know, what do we do with a lot of that of the, of that cinema? Like, is, is it do, do you do, do you cancel, um, you know, the Lone Ranger, or do we use it as like what Andrew said? Like, as long as you're not celebrating it. Um, or it might have been you who said that, uh, you know, then you can use it for its cinematic value and as a representation of the time. I, I think I think you got to take things for what they are. You know, they're, they're snapshots of time, you know, and, and to to get rid of snapshots in time. It's like it's not because it, you don't. You know where you came from when you when you can see where you were, you know, and I think that like all of all of the awakening that's happening now, it's like, you know, it's, it's a reflection of because of where we were. So it's like, you have to talk about where we were so that you can know where you are. So I think that, um, you don't want to like get, eh. it's tricky, but I don't think you can throw things away like that because then you don't have the, where you were part of it. Let, so let me, even, let me ask one real quick last question uh, to Andrew real quick. Um, and Mikey actually had an interest, interested, interested in your opinion here too. Do you, do you get upset when they recast or change comic book characters? Like, you know, make them no. a different race or a woman or anything no. like that? No, no, because it's fucking fantasy. No, it's not <laughs> real. No, it's not a documentary. No, I don't get mad. Oh, I'm Andrew. so pissed off that they fucking had Denzel Washington as Malcolm X. They should have had the real Malcolm X. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, that's what these people fucking sound like to me. Like, it's imaginary. Calm down. Go ahead, Andrew. I mean, if it's well done, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, here <laughs> we go. Here we go. No, no, no. Seriously. I'll explain. I thought that when they did Jane Foster as female Thor, it was fucking awesome. It was phenomenal. Like, I read that book, and I'm like, oh, my God, Jason Aaron just slayed some dragons. Holy shit. You know, I mean, I read Zenoscope. They have a female Robin Hood. It's dope as fuck. She's got, like, a magical eye that, like, and, like, it makes her aim her arrows. You have a female Van Helsing. You have some serious awesome shit. But then again, I don't want a female Superman. I want Supergirl. So, you know, and, and look, at, at the same time, like, I love Static Shock as a character. Superhero like, Static so, Shock. Bum, 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 bum. Superhero. That was my you've just become best. You've just become best friends with Mikey. And we so, are, so the, 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 the way I see it is that if it's done great, then I'm dope with it. But if you do a shitty job with it, you know, it's going to be a shitty book. 
if you're wouldn't making, you have a job a shitty uh, wouldn't you have a problem with it anyway regardless of whether or not they recast the character if it sucks like i would i mean yeah i to some degree i mean in comics it's a little bit different because if you have the female version but you still have the male version it's not that big of a deal but if you killed off the male version and replaced it with a woman for the sole purpose of saying we just want to drive sales and it's a shitty book that's when i got a problem it's fantasy it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like that's 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 our inner chauvinist shining through because oh, we're chauvinistic. we are making the excuse that it doesn't make literary sense that the guy who can fly faster than a speeding bullet is now female like think about what we're arguing for it doesn't we don't win this we sound like asses every time we fight this i don't know let it that. go just let it go but then you have your favorite version. Like, I can't be mad about the 2022 Bulls because my favorite Bulls are the Jordan Bulls that won the three-peat, the first three-peat. Like, I can't hold on to shit from so long ago and pretend that that's the only thing that's true. There are tons of things that are true. Two things can be true at the same time, wouldn't you say yes, that? Yes, they are. <laughs> and, all right. So, that's look, true. all right. We got it. We got it. We got to wrap up. So, we're going to, uh, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate everybody. I'd actually like to, you know, this is probably something we need to flush out more. Um, first of all, Kyle, you've been fantastic. Uh, we're going to play one more game uh, with uh, with Kyle here. Andrew's already played this game. So we'll. I'm, I'm not dead yet. The we'll establishment's stick. not coming after me. We all so, know we're gonna play, <laughs> so we're going to play a game with Kyle. Um, it's, called, it's called Prank One, Marry One snap one okay so you're gonna prank call someone you're gonna marry someone and you're gonna snap someone because we can't kill them in real life in re on the podcast uh but obviously it's the avengers snap so that's not um, what you asked me yes that is a guess no, yes it is it's exactly prank, what we asked you saying the f word is against terms of service when it regards other people and so is the k word and as in reference to snap so we can't right. We're protecting our license agreement with YouTube. Yeah, um, we don't want to. We don't want to break any laws. Right it again. So, Mikey, it's not coming after me anytime soon. <laughs> Mikey, I'm you Jewish first... though, so it's all right. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Mikey, you get the first one. Who is uh, your your three choices? Who's Kyle's three choices or choice one? I should say, Danae Guerrera. All right. Do you know who that is? It's Michonne from The Walking Dead. The head. Uh, employee uh, okay. from the Dora Milaje. She's smoking hot. Okay. With the bald head or with hair. All right. So that's your first one. You know who that is. Okay. Um, Andrew, you can go ahead and hit the second one. Sasha Banks. I don't know if you know who Sasha Banks is. All right. Let me pull up a picture of Sasha Banks. Who is, who is Sasha Banks? She's a wrestler. Of course she is. Does, because, all right. Yeah. Kyle has to know that's who a, it is, though. Okay. Okay. No. No. I, I. I know who that is. So. So I would. Um, for the listening right, audience, so let me. You got to. You got to. You got to have one more. Okay. So you have. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, the Walking hold, Dead. Hold, hold, let me pull up the picture right. of Sasha Banks for the people. There you go. There's Sasha. All right. All her, Always bringing in the wrestling. There it is. There she is. Okay. There's Sasha. All right, and I'm going to give you uh, because her daughter played Scarlett Johansson's uh, Black Widow character in the new Black Widow movie. Um, oh God, and I'm forgetting her name right now from uh, Res <laughs> from Resident Evil. The, hey, no, that's Underworld. 
Um, um, Milena jo- Jokovic. Oh, Mila Jokovic? Yeah, Mila Jokovic. Are you talking about Lila, Lilu Dallas multipass? <laughs> yes, exactly. I passed on the a, freeway. We need a fucking Lilu Dallas multipass fucking drop for sure. All right, so assuming you know how all three of those people are, Kyle, you're going to prank right. one, you're going to marry one, and you're going to snap one. Go. All right, so to the first one, I'm going to say snap one. So then we'll go with um, with Mila Jovovich. Um, I'm going to go uh, prank one. And then the wrestler's got to be Mary one. Okay, so you've, uh, you've snapped Michonne. No, have, he snapped yeah. yours, not mine. He pranked mine. He snapped yours. Oh, okay. All right. So he pranked mine. He he pranked yours. He snapped mine. Uh, he snapped Mila, and he is marrying Sasha Banks. So, but there's a reason. There's a reason for for the prank one, though, and I'll I'll tell you this real quick. Because we can't say the f word because that's rude to say to women. It's very misogynistic. You can make it whatever you want. You can use it as proxy for the f word, or you can use it as an actual prank call. It's your you get to choose. So, but you've chosen already. So, what's your justification <laughs> for your misogyny? All right. So, uh, so actually, um, I was at a party once, and um, and this was a long time ago, and she was there with Donovan, and um, it was uh, Donovan, Banks. like the son of Donovan Leach, or no, uh, Donovan, the, the singer, the seventies singer. So, uh, who who was there? Mellow Yellow, Mila, Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich oh, and, yeah, yeah. and Donovan were at this party. And um, and they they were like hanging out, talking together and whatnot. And, and, um, and I actually was driving a Hyundai Excel at the time. And they had, were having like some car problems. So I ended up driving them home in my Hyundai Excel. So, uh, so that, that's my Mila story. And she's super cool. Yovovich. And for that reason, you snap her. That's wonderful of you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and, and it's funny because when I was watching Black Widow, I was the little girl. I was like, man, that looks like the girl from Resident Evil. And then they mentioned later, that's her daughter. I was like, holy shit. So, uh, Andrew, where can the people find your shit online? Oh, you could bother me uh, in about four or five places. So obviously you can bother me on Facebook at pop anime comics and a lot of cool stuff's up there. A lot of interviews is up there Two just today are just up there. I'm also on YouTube under pop anime comics. I'm on Twitch under pop anime comics. I also have the pop anime comics lounge, which is on iTunes and anywhere where you get your podcast. So you can check that out. We can go um, lay down with Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like lounge. Have, out, a little, have a little white wine. That's the a little, plan. That's the a little plan. bubbly. And then, then pull your obviously, nipple, pull your nipple out, maybe. And then you could check out my website, which is popanimecomics.com. And then you can find my eBay store, which is Pop Anime Comics Collectibles. And uh, I got a lot of cool stuff coming and got big plans in the next six to eight months. Uh, something's really cool going to be coming out. His glasses it. and his headphones will be for sale on eBay. <laughs> I got the exclusive now. I'll sign them too, right? (laughs) If somebody's giving me signed glasses, I'm fighting them. Like, where (laughs) did you sign it? If there's no thick parts on it. Right over the lens. Yeah, I can't even fucking use them. (laughs) All right. uh, Son of a football player, actor, and uh, filmmaker, 
a friend of Roddy, the late Roddy, Roddy Piper. Son of Kyle Devin Hester. Hester. Son of Son Devin of, Hester. Yes. Where? Oh, that's right. You had, it's, that's Uncle Devin. He calls him Unc. <laughs> Unc, Unc, Uncle Devin. Where do we find you and all your stuff? And tell us um, about which movie of yours would you recommend them go see, the ones that are out there right now? Well, I would say, well, definitely the one that I would recommend is not out yet, which is Preacher 6. But you can follow that on Twitter, uh, just like Preacher 6, all one word spelled out. The 6 is spelled out. You can find that on Twitter. Um, but definitely go see Zombie with a Shotgun and The Chair. They're both free on, um, on Tubi and Amazon Prime, which means they're not making any money. But, um, but you can see it for free and enjoy it and leave a comment because that always helps. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Kyle Hester. Kyle D. Hester is what it comes up as. But um, if you look up Kyle Hester, I'll, I will come up. And um, also, you can find me on Patreon, which is just look up Kyle Hester there. And also, I'll be doing some good stuff there, some behind-the-scenes stuff and whatnot. And um, I would say that those are the places. Are, are you going to have a screening party? Uh, you know like what? We'll see what? We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with COVID. You know, I mean, things are things are kind of crazy right now. So hopefully. All right. You know, where, where are you? Uh, are you in the LA area? Uh, yeah, I am like in the middle of Hollywood right now. Okay. I'm in Carson. You and I are going to have to grab a beer. Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. Let's we'll do, do that. I, we talked about that before, but I was in Bakersfield at the time and now I'm closer. So, right um, on. awesome. And I'll be in his next film as the <laughs> evil villain. Um, <laughs> do not hire uh, him, please. But if you need my, somebody to make uh beats, or uh, do uh, the soundtrack. Yes. I've already done a soundtrack for a movie. Did I tell you that, Dutch? I did that before. Nope, and, then the movie, and then the movie never ended up being made after I fucking storyboarded fucking 80-something scenes. Ugh. And it never happened. I was like, oh, this is why people hate Hollywood. Instead, <laughs> instead he's here with me. I'm stuck um, with Dutch. Hell, <laughs> So there you go. You can uh, work for Kyle. Kyle will hire you 100%. Uh, Mikey, you have something to say about us, don't you? We suck. That's, that's oh, true. Oh, no, not that. Not that. You were talking about the other thing. Right, right, right. There's a conspiracy from the Illuminati. Um, so Have you lost your yeah. damn mind? Absolutely. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Um, if you guys like what we do and you want to support us, by all means, go to patreon.com slash dig on America. We are independent media. There's a lot of people who have a lot bigger channels than us. Go to our Patreon, throw us a buck a month. It helps. If everybody who watches the video throws us a buck, it helps us get new equipment. It helps us pay for advertising. It helps us get in front of um, more eyes. And if you are not in a financial situation to monetarily help the show, by all means, um, if you're on uh, any of the podcatchers, give us a five-star review if you can. Say how great it is. Do not curse. I've learned this. Do not curse in your, like, this show is fucking awesome because then they just discard your review. So use a, uh, give us a five-star profanity-free uh, review on your favorite podcatcher. Like that helps with the algorithm share and leave comments and all that good stuff on the videos that you missed. Because again, that helps with the, helps us with the algorithm and gets us in front of new people so that we can, um, impact more people and hear other viewpoints. So, um, and what will we do when we get to a hundred dollars at a hundred dollars? Thank you, Dutch. 
one third of our Patreon money is going to charity. So whether it's Wounded Warriors or the John Ritter Foundation, uh, Doctors Without Borders, we have a, a several charities that we have lined up um, that we're ready to give money to. We're kind of giving to some of them already, but it would be nice to be like, yo, the, this is from Dig on America and its followers. This is from all of us. Here is a, a little chunk of cash, right? Um, and we'd love to do that every month, but we need you guys to help us get to that first goal of a hundred bucks. So, uh, patreon.com slash dig on America, help us help other people. There you go. And, uh, that'll do it for today. So thank you to the extraordinary Kyle Hester and the very mediocre Andrew Mecca Davis. Um, <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you for joining the show. Listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we will be here next week again. Same bat time, same preacher six channel. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mikey family. Oh, Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Big on America. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Proof the deep state is real in America. The media said what? Ha ha ha! Patently false. Fake news. Your organization's terrible. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. Want to have a rousing discussion about truth, honor, patriotism? The end of the Republic has never looked better. They be fighting the power, talking about social issues, politics, you know what I'm saying? Three punches. I enjoy Big Haas. And I'm smoking my cigar, of course. Am I allowed to I talk? Think, no, not right now. You crazy Dutch bastard. M Mikey, you're getting a bit upset here. Mikey, you can edit. My favorite podcast. Take names, take ass. There's no going back. You've changed things forever. Get in trouble, good trouble, necessary trouble. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. Big on America. Hi, everybody. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're the Skeptical Skeptics. Each week, we talk about all the crazy things in the world, ranging from the paranormal to Bigfoot to UFOs. And we look at it from the perspective of the believer, the skeptic, and everything in between. So come check us out on the MSE Podcast Network. Or go to SkepticalSkeptics.com and follow us at SkepSkepPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. If you ever believed Captain America was on the U.S. Olympic soccer team. If you ever thought that the Winter Soldier was that brace yourselves guy on the internet. And if you ever wondered just what would a raccoon do with a machine gun. Then don't let another week pass you by without tuning into Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your show about all things Marvel. With news, rumors, commentary, and interviews. As well as our weekly recommendations 
recommendations on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. That's Mighty Marvel Geeks on WeebyGeeks.net, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hey! Come back! Big on America.